Let's pray. Lord, we come to you today asking you, begging you, Lord, to help us to grasp what you are sharing with us, what you shared with your disciples in John 14. Before you went away, Lord, we just uh, ask that you would reveal what it is, Lord, to us, what you want us to take from this. I know, Lord, it's everything that you gave us, but Lord, we just pray that you would open our understanding as we contemplate your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Jesus is speaking to his disciples here in John 14 in what is called his farewell discourse. He is preparing them for his departure. His disciples have built their lives on following him and have staked their all on his teaching and training them. And they had expected their training with him to go on much longer. They were no ordinary rabbi's disciples. They were disciples of Israel's Messiah. And there was still so much more to understand about Jesus and about his ministry. Yet he tells them here in this passage that he is soon departing from them. He begins his discourse with a word of encouragement. A word of encouragement that all was planned and that all will be okay. Everything is going not as they had expected, but just as God had planned. Jesus begins, let not your hearts be troubled. Their hearts would naturally be troubled with this very upsetting news. And so the reason for his discourse to bring peace to his disciples even with this disturbing news that he's bringing them about his departing. You believe in God, he says, believe also in me. Once again in John's gospel, Jesus is describing himself on the level of God. He then comforts them about his imminent departure, saying, in my father's house are many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Well, that is comforting news, not just for them, but for all of Jesus' disciples, even today. That's where Jesus is now, preparing a place for you and for me. And he says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. So there we have Jesus' promised return that his disciples today can also bank on. All of what Jesus said makes sense to us with hindsight. Who is Jesus' father? God. He had told his disciples and his opponents this over and over. And his pre-incarnation was also no secret. And God's son was returning to his father and his father's house somehow to prepare a place for them, his followers. But all was not clear for his disciples then without hindsight. 
because they had expected Jesus to reign on earth first as Israel's king, even though he had told them differently. So he tells them again that that is not how it will be. He is leaving them soon, but returning for them in time. And where I go, he says, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus had not given them the specific location of where he was going, and so this question from Thomas. But still, in his response to Thomas, Jesus does not reveal the location. He only reiterates that he is going to the Father. He had said before that he came down from heaven, so that should have been understood. But with Jesus' response, what we see is that the place does not matter as much as the person that he is going to, God the Father. And Jesus tells them that the only way for them to go to the Father is through himself. Verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Remember, Jesus had told them, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So Jesus will receive them to himself. He is their way and our way to the Father. His reception of them and us is what counts. That is the only way that they and we can ever go into the Father's presence and still live through Jesus. And in him, we can live in God's presence forever. Jesus goes on from there to explain his similitude with the Father. He says, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Jesus is giving them new insight into his unity with the Father. And that's why the from now on, it's new. And it's not something that we can naturally relate to as humans like genetic likeness. For instance, when I look at photos of myself from the last few years, I'm surprised to recognize someone who is not who I remember myself to be. I recognize instead the image of my dad. And I can't believe it because I didn't look much like him at all when I was younger, and yet his physical characteristics were somewhere hidden in me. Those are genetic characteristics that I share with my father, my earthly father. Jesus is not talking about that. This similitude with the father is not the same as having the father's genes because Jesus' father doesn't have genes. Jesus' heavenly father 
is not human at all. He is God and only God. Jesus is God, but human too. So unlike God the Father, he shares the genes of Adam through his mother Mary. But what of Jesus' heavenly Father does Jesus share too? He shares his divine attributes, parts of which he had to yield temporarily as he voluntarily became human, subject to and dependent on God the Father. What Jesus said was still too difficult for his disciples to comprehend, so Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? This is different somewhat from the attributes that he shares with the Father, and this is part of our faith and our spiritual life too, which all of Christ's disciples must apprehend. This assertion of Jesus is the key to all that Jesus is discussing here with his disciples, and we too are his disciples. So it's very important for us to understand this. Jesus is in the Father, and the Father is in Jesus. And we do well to pay careful attention to that, as it will relate to us soon in this chapter. Jesus goes on, The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Well, here Jesus' teaching begins to get complicated. There is something deep and special about his words and works that he shares with his heavenly Father. In fact, Jesus' words and work orig originate with the Father and come out of Jesus because the Father is in him. And the teaching is difficult to understand because of the context that he is leaving his disciples and going to his Father in heaven and yet saying, the Father who dwells in me presently does the works. So he shares the Father's attributes and is already with the Father in the respect that the Father is already in him even before he returns to the Father. His Father dwells in him. And then Jesus adds, Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. So it is not only that the Father is in Jesus, but that Jesus is also in the Father. And believing that is vitally important. Jesus doesn't explain it all yet, but he still wants his disciples to grasp that and believe it. And then he simply adds this, or else believe me 
for the sake of the works themselves, the supernatural works that he did proving that his father was in him. From that point, after laying the groundwork out, Jesus begins to prepare his disciples for their work for him after he leaves them, their commission. And this is what relates to us and our work for him as well. Jesus says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. Believing in Jesus is the basis for all the work done for him. And to put this in context, we have seen in the Gospel of John, Jesus turning water to wine, Jesus feeding 5,000 people, Jesus healing a paralyzed man, healing a blind man from birth, and Jesus raising to life a dead man. So these words of Jesus to his disciples here are quite radical and quite astonishing. Then he explains how it will work, saying, and whatever you ask in my name, or my authority, that's what it means, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So Jesus' name, or his authority, is the qualifier. Remember the words and the work that Jesus did, he said were not his, but came from his Father. That's both in John 5 and in John 12. The same goes for the words and the works of Jesus' disciples. They are not theirs, but must come from the direction and the authority of Jesus. The glorified Jesus, for the same purpose, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. That's the test. Then Jesus gives them the sequence of which that will occur. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's the only prerequisite after faith in Jesus and love, obedience. And it's easy to understand why. Because authority can only be given to loyal servants who will carry out the lawful orders of their superiors, their commissioners. That's what commissioning is all about. And that's what Jesus' commission to his disciples was all about. He says, if you love me, keep my commandment, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth. Now, where did we recently hear that word truth just before in this passage? It was when Jesus had said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is the way to the Father and the truth and the life. The helper is the spirit of truth who will supply the spiritual authority and gifts and spiritual weapons to those 
Jesus commissioned as they needed. Remember, I asked what were the characteristics or divine attributes that Jesus shared with the Father earlier? Well, truthfulness is one of them, and perhaps it fits under faithfulness or holiness. It is a shared attribute with the Father that Jesus has always had. And there are many more attributes that are inherent with Jesus and the Father, but truth is what Jesus is focusing on here. Jesus says that God will actually extend the spirit of truth to us, to us mortals, by his asking. Jesus said he will pray to the Father for those disciples who love him and keep his commandments, and he, the Father, will give them another helper that he may abide with them forever, even the spirit of truth. So Jesus' disciples who love him and keep his commandments will also share some characteristics with Jesus and the Father, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, Jesus tells his disciples, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now, the Spirit is not simply an attribute of God. He is a person. Let me ask you, who was it that was with them? Who was it that dwelt with Jesus' disciples right up until that time? Well, it was Jesus. He dwelt with them and was going away, but would be in them afterward. How would he be in them? By the same spirit of truth that he had shared with his Father. In fact, it is the Holy Spirit that comes with his supernatural attributes, such as, such as truth and life and love, that Jesus is enabling his disciples with to do his work. When he leaves them as he also enters into them in a new and spiritual way. And that explains what Jesus says next. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Jesus is not simply talking about what will happen after he had prepared a place for his disciples with the Father when he returns to bring them back to that place. No, he's talking about before that time, after he leaves them. He is talking about while he is away. And it is the same thing that he had talked about when describing how his Father was in him and his being in the Father. In the same way, by the same Spirit, Jesus himself is going to be in his disciples before he returns for them. He is going to be in them by this Helper, abiding with them forever, even the Spirit of truth. He goes on 
A little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Now Jesus here may have been speaking about his appearance to his disciples after his death and resurrection when he did not reveal himself to the rest of the world, only them, as, as Peter said in Acts 10, 40 to 41, him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. But it may mean more than that too, as we shall see a few verses down. He goes on, because I live, you will live also. Again, that goes back to Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Because Jesus lives, his disciples will live too. Jesus is the only way to the Father. Jesus is the truth. And Jesus shares the same attributes, the same spirit of truth with the Father. And Jesus is also the life. Jesus said in John 5, as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. He also said, as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he will. The only reason that we can live eternally is because Jesus lives eternally and gives us life. We are completely dependent on him. And that day, Jesus said, that day when the helper is sent from God to Jesus' disciples, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. So Jesus' disciples are also being added into that mix. Why? Because then, even though Jesus will be away from us and away from his disciples who he's speaking to there physically, he will have come into them in spirit, by the same spirit of truth that he shares with the Father. At that time, they too will have his word and his works. The Spirit, as Jesus tells them in John 15, will share what is Jesus's with them. He will guide them into all truth. He will tell them things to come and he will glorify Jesus because he will take what is Jesus's and declare it to them, his disciples. His words, his teaching, his peace, and his love. All that Jesus is, the Holy Spirit will share with them. Jesus goes on, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. With that, we can understand that seeing Jesus is more than seeing his physical body with our physical eyes, but it is realizing his presence 
through the spiritual sense of faith that only his followers have and by which he reveals himself to us. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. So Jesus was physically going away from his disciples and physically returning to them later on after he had prepared a place for them with the Father. But in the meantime, he was coming into them spiritually by the Spirit of Truth. And that is why they and that is why we can have peace here and now as we wait for Jesus. Verse 25, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, Jesus says, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Friends, do you have that peace? Do you have that peace that Jesus offers? It is a gift. It is a gift of grace like anything else. And it is a gift that we need to accept by faith at Jesus' word. Jesus' promises are true. We can take them at face value. Let's pray. Lord God, we do thank you for these wonderful promises. We thank you for these wonderful gifts, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your gift of yourself to us while we were yet sinners, that you died for us. Lord, even before that, you knew that whole mission. You came to earth for that purpose. You humbled yourself from, from your heavenly throne to become like us. Lord, and you, you carried the glory of your Father within a human body, suffering and dying upon a cross for us to take our place. Lord, to pay for all our sin, all our wrongdoings, all our, Lord, bad thoughts, everything terrible that you did not intend for us to have or express you you paid for it all so that we could be liberated, we could be free, we could be free to love you and to serve you and to do your will as you enable us. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Lord, we, we receive, Lord, what you said today in your word by faith. Help us, Lord, help us. Thank you for your helper that comes to help us, that comes to give us all these things, Lord, that you spoke about. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.